This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Get your lineup set. It's time for start or sit. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Ian. We got a lot of AFC home games this week. Starter sit. We're going to preview eight games today. We're going to leave that pesky London game for tomorrow's show. Welcome, everybody. No Jamie today. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings. I got to. I'm a little upset about something, fellas. I love the London games, but I really like when they're at nine in the morning Eastern instead of one. It's just like another game if it's at one o'clock. Give me a nine a.m. or. No, no, I think I think you actually get that. Hold on, let me check my schedule. Good, good. Check my, it out. My placemat. Yeah. It's, have, have we talked about my placemat so slash schedule? We have not. It, he, Dave looks like Andy Reid. Like he's got. Like, I'm just this glad it's color-coded. laminated this year. Last year we got to the end of the season and it was like three little crumbs that Dave was holding together. Yeah. Right? With like all sorts of marinara stains on it. We've got um, London games in consecutive weeks, and I believe at least one of the next two are those early morning games that you speak of, which are amazing. Because it's then yes next week Tennessee football and on for over twelve hours Tennessee and the Chargers morning games oh I love it I are love you a it. fan of mornings in general Heath uh, the mornings are fine it was just I've, we've got wait I've got way too much stuff going on on a Sunday morning for there to be a football game happening at the same time ooh the next two weeks weeks six week seven and eight Tennessee and the Chargers Eagles and the Jaguars nine thirty a.m. Eastern from Adam Wembley. your wish is granted all right how about that hey listen. Great app for you, the Google Assistant. We talk about it all the time with fantasy football. It actually does a lot more than just fantasy football. It's a very small part of um, why the Google Assistant's awesome. And all season long, CBS Sports delivering the best fantasy football advice directly through the Google Assistant. You'll be able to compare players and get insights into who to insights, excuse me, into who to start, sit, add, and drop. And we will turn to Dave and Heath later to find out how this works. We will give a little Google Assistant demo as we discuss Jameis Winston. And Ben Roethlisberger. All right, so we got those eight games coming up. First 20 minutes or so will be uh, more general fantasy stuff. Want to read a lot of emails? Here's the segment called Eight Emails in Four Minutes. Here we go. From David. Subject, Deontay Foreman. Dear bros, do you think Deontay Foreman will be active in week seven? This is such an ultimate stash considering the running back situation in Houston. Uh, sh- such a lottery ticket to lead your team to the championship. Why aren't you talking more about Deontay Foreman? I think if he wasn't coming back from the Achilles injury, we'd be talking about him a lot more. We just don't know what he's going to look like. I think the Texans don't know what he's going to look like. And by the way, in case you haven't noticed, the Texans haven't exactly been a bastion of rushing this year. Their offensive line is really bad at run blocking. They're slightly better at pass blocking. They're bad at both. And I'm not sure what you're going to get out of Foreman. Yeah, I think they're like the sentiment here from David is right. This is a lottery ticket, but if lottery tickets were guaranteed to hit, then they wouldn't be lottery tickets. Like there is a lot of risk with Deontay Foreman. Risk number one that he's not the same running back we saw last year, and we've really not seen running backs come back from Achilles tears. And have success in the NFL. Football players in general. Not yeah. necessarily. We, we just saw a couple backs. of defensive players last year. Um, one of the Dolphins edge rushers. Or was it Olivier Vernon? Uh, was it Vernon? Or Wake. Vernon? One of the two of them had the Achilles. I, I can look it, it up Wake. if you really want to know. Vernon, but, uh, but we've not seen running backs do this yet. And the Texans have one of the worst offensive lines in football. So yes, he should be stashed. Okay, but, so remember, eight, 80 mils in four minutes. So thank you. He should be stashed. How about one email in six minutes? Deontay Foreman is on the pup list, not IR, so he is eligible to come back after six weeks. Wake is the one coming back from the Achilles. Keenan in Los Angeles says, Dear Kristen, Lake, Alexander, and Liberty. Those are bells. Should I try to trade? Should I try and trade for James Conner in the off chance that Le'Veon Bell gets traded to Philadelphia or another contender in need of a running back? It depends on what you have to give up to get them. If it costs yeah. you too much, too many good players, uh, or even one really good player, then forget it. Not worth it. You know what would be better for eight emails in four minutes? If these were like start-sit questions where we could answer them with one word. 
then we could get through like 12 emails. This, like we're, give, we're getting into like the theory of what the Steelers are going to do with Le'Veon. Well, Bell and I get, I, I feel like each email should get about 30 seconds. Yeah. And I think we just hit it on this one. Okay. So, so who do you like better rest of the season, Connor or Bell? I have Bell's trade value higher than Connor's. I'd take Connor. Okay. Matt I'm says, you guys <laughs> kept giving a stat over the summer saying Jameis Winston led the league in something and I can't remember what. I just picked him up and I'm starting him this week, so I'd love to know what Jameis Winston led the league in last year. In the games that he started and finished, he was on pace to lead the league in passing yards, nearly 5,000 yards. There you go. I, I was going to say he led the league in finger-eating memes. Hmm, finger-eating memes? Remember the W? We got to eat w? a W? No, I don't remember that at all. Google eating a W. Okay. <laughs> From Bill, dear Peter Quagmire, Joe in Cleveland. I need to sit one in a standard scoring league. Aaron Jones, LaShawn McCoy, or Corey Clement? I think I'm sitting McCoy. Are, are we sure he's going to get the same type of workload that he got last week? He, that's typically the workload that a Bills running back gets in victories. I don't think this is going to be a victory for both. <laughs> I think I'm sitting Aaron Jones. Eat a double. Yeah, you're not very excited about Aaron Jones. What? I, Mike McCarthy's not very excited about Aaron Jones. I know. Like, we're worried about is Le'Veon Bell or is LaShawn McCoy going to get the same workload that he got last week? Is Aaron Jones going to get more work than he's ever got? Okay. Um, I'd be fine with him on 13 touches. So this is a really weird meme. <laughs> Eating the I can't w. believe you didn't see that. It's really weird. I hate it. Uh, this is from Richard Hong in California. Dear Sandy, Clayton, Oral, and Fernando. Those are baseball players. Dodgers pitchers. Yeah, specifically Dodgers pitchers. Uh, is Kyle Juszczyk an RB2 this week? I can see him getting a dozen targets in the passing game and maybe six carries. Am I crazy? Kyle Juszczyk. PPR flex. I don't think he's getting six carries. I don't think he's getting a dozen targets. All right, here's a good email from Will. Not to say that the other ones weren't good. They were good. You guys might want to quote-unquote temper expectations for Goff at Denver this week. Supposed to be in the mid-20s with snow during the game on Sunday. I doubt he has much experience in such conditions. Also, we know St. Louis was the greatest show on turf. What do you think of the greatest show on surf for the Los Angeles Rams? Eh? Eh? That's not bad. Not bad. Uh, I agree with the golf thing. Even if his receivers are healthy, he's never in his life played football in these conditions. He's are a, we sure? He's a SoCal kid. Eighth grade, he went on a trip <laughs> to he Philadelphia. He played, played in Lake Tahoe. It was really cold. Pac-12. Maybe Pac-10 then, probably Pac-12. I'm not sure. The Pac something. I mean, how many teams are in the league? There's 12 now. Um, I, I am a little bit concerned. And the only con- the only real concern for him coming out of college was what? Uh, Remember that weather? He's really good. He's got tiny little Azer hands. <laughs> uh, so would you start Eli or Wentz over Golf? Because this is actually. If it's and I looked at the weather, like it's gonna be freaking cold in Denver. I this is really important. So would you start Eli or or uh, Wentz over Goff? As of now, I have Wentz and Eli ahead of Goff. Part of that is not because of the weather; it's because of the health of his receivers. It looks like those guys are gonna have a chance to play. I have a hard time sitting him. I even don't... even with the weather being what it is, I I hate benching guys for weather unless it is such obvious conditions that it's going to be detrimental to the entire game. I'm not sure I would, if I was going to use weather as an excuse, and the history on weather is pretty spotty, I'm not sure Eli and Wentz would be the guys that I'd be saying, oh, let's use them because of the weather. Well, I'm saying we can revisit this tomorrow. Because it's supposed to be a monsoon in New York tonight. All right, that's a good point. We can can revisit this tomorrow, but I'm just saying for the people that have to make the decision tonight. Yeah, ask me tomorrow if I'd rather start Manning (laughs) or Wentz over golf, and I'll tell you for sure. All right, this is from Jeremy. Dear Jack... Frank, Jackie, Frank, Susan, and Morty. That one I don't think I know. The Bills' defense has been impressive in fantasy the last three weeks. Why are you guys so low on the Bills' DST? So one of the things that I do when I track um, a DST and consider starting them is I see how many fantasy points a team has allowed to opposing DSTs. Houston this year has only allowed double-digit fantasy points to a DST once. It was last week, and it was 10 points. So the bare minimum. And I just think the Texans are going to put up a good number and not turn the ball over a ton. I think you can do better than Buffalo this week. Okay, You're right. I'm moving them up. 
They're going up, 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 18th. 18th. And finally from Aaron, tell Adam if he grunts at the beginning of the regulators music one more time, I will have to stop listening to the show. So gross. I'm a little sad that you do the regulators without me doing my yelling. Well, then, do you know what to do? Work harder on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays? I guess so. You just come on the show. Come on the show for the last five minutes, Dave. Just so everybody knows, I, I am right outside the podcast on Wednesdays watching film and writing up players for the start, sit, sleepers, and risks column. Yeah. I need that hour. I'm sorry. It's cool. It's all good. All right. uh, quick observation for you. If you're desperate for a wide receiver, please consider the probably very under-owned Colts wide receivers. Yes. Chester Rogers is 10% owned. Ryan Grant is 14% owned. Zach Pascal is 8% owned. The Jets allow the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. They've allowed a 100-yard receiver in four or five games. Seven wide receivers have 70 or more yards against the Jets, and five of those seven had seven or more catches. It's a lot of numbers there, but just to sum it up, the Jets suck against receivers, and they could be down two cornerbacks. They're obviously down Johnson and Buster Screen as a concussion. So these guys are so under-owned. If you need a wide receiver, please look at the Indianapolis. Rodgers is their slot guy, and Luck is looking for him all the time. He's got a lot of targets over the last two games. I think he's going to have another good game this week. He is a borderline number two wide receiver this week. We we are analyzing this game in just a few moments, right? Yeah. I'll save my thoughts for them. Okay, okay, good, good. Uh, so uh, I want I want to share a little story. Dave knows the story. Heath, I'll tell you. Dave did a very nice thing uh, a few weeks ago, and he said, I want to get your kid something, Adam. What should I get him? I said, no, no, don't worry about it. You don't have to get, you don't have to get him anything. He said, no, come on, I'll get him something. I said, fine. You know what? He's got a lot of Miami Hurricane stuff. He's got a Knicks shirt with his last name on the back. Doesn't have any Giants stuff. Get him a Giants onesie. So I get a package a couple weeks ago or like 10 days ago, and – uh I'm like, oh, I know what this is. I open it up. I see all this Giants, like, blue and red. It's got Giants logo on it. And it's like, it's huge. So I'm like, what, did he get him a blanket or something like that? No. Dave got me a Giants onesie. And it's tremendous. And it fits me perfectly. And today's the big game. And if the Giants win today, we're going to get first place. We're going to be, well, not first place, but we're going to win the division. He's standing up. So I am taking off the headset to reveal... Oh my gosh. Adam is putting it on. He's had it on. He's wearing a onesie. This is the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. The tags are still on. He's it not going to keep it. He's just using it as a prop for this it's show a little and he's big. sending it back. It's a little big on you. It's big? It, it looks like you've got a, like, my size belly. Well, you, you uh, bought an adult is, size. It is a little big over here, I suppose. But it's a onesie, you know? We need room for spitting up and stuff like that. You so, must absolutely love that thing. It's so funny, Dave. I was cracking up and thank you. And then Dave did send a baby-sized onesie as well. So so let's see that onesie. It's a little big, actually. I think it, we're going to have to wait till next football season to throw and that you, one. And you love the onesie. I got you so much that the tags are still on it. The tags are still well. I haven't left the house yet, so um, you're going you to leave cut the house. The and that if if the the baby onesie fits him, which I don't think it will, I will consider a Halloween duet costume of Giants onesies. You're with what the are kid. you planning on doing outside of the house with the baby on Halloween? We'll Trick take, or treating? Well, you know, we'll walk with around. The, Maybe we'll go with his cousins. With infant with his Adam cousins. Andy, we'll go. You know, we'll, we'll he's got little cousins. They they go trick or treating. Maybe we'll join the, them. The people at the door will say, oh, it's so nice that you took your little brother out for trick-or-treating, young man. Take two take two little fun-sized candies. All right, here are your news and notes. By but, the way, which parent doesn't, like, steal some candy from their kids? No, I, I look I, forward to that day. He, my nine-year-old asked me this morning, are we going to – he's looking at the calendar. He's a, he's a very anal kid when it comes to dates and times and things like that. And he says, oh, Halloween's on a Wednesday. I was like, so? I was hoping it would be on a weekend. Are we going to celebrate it on Wednesday? I was like, what do we do to celebrate Halloween? You don't I, go trick-or-treating? And he's, well, he's like, you can go trick-or-treating. Yeah. Just find some friends to go with because I don't want to go. What? Dude. Well, you've got to stay home and give out the candy. No, I'll turn the lights off. Oh, well, you my You don't give gosh. out candy. No. 
You're oh, a mean it's a, one. It's a t- terrible holiday. Mr. Grinch, you are the By Grinch. Far the worst holiday. Halloween. Oh, it's such a bad. You're right. It is a terrible holiday. Like meeting your neighbors and eating the most delicious things in the world. What a crap holiday. It's not terrible. even close to the most delicious things in the world. And I it's generally terrible. Met my neighbors, not all of them in years. All right, here we go. News and notes. Ben Roethlisberger wants James Conner to stay involved after the Le'Veon Bell return, which he talks about as if Le'Veon Bell is definitely returning. Well, it seems that way anyway. Um, I, I did this quick math. Le'Veon Bell had 406 touches last year. If you take away 15% of his touches and therefore 50% of his fantasy points, he would have been the number six running back in non-PPR, number four in PPR last year. I don't know. Whatever that means anything no one knows what's Where'd the 15 percent number come from? i just figured let's give james connor 15 percent of the work what if it's 50 percent well, then we got a problem here um roethlisberger by the way also also playing through an elbow injury but whatever he's at cincinnati this week interesting start sit choice uh this week on roethlisberger we know he's not as good on the road um should we be adding chris ivory with the Lashawn mccoy trade rumors ivory is 17 percent owned he had 23 touches and 126 total yards, mostly receiving at Minnesota in one game without McCoy. Should we be adding Chris Ivory? You could in deeper leagues. I don't have a problem with it. It's it's the regular 10 and 12 team leagues where you've got five or six bench spots where I'd go, eh, I'm not ready to get him yet. All right. Um, also, by Mark, the way, um, yeah. and, and I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I think Lashawn McCoy gave um, accidentally. Gave up the news that teams are calling to trade for him. Uh-huh. Oops. Give me, give me one minute. I'll, I'll give it to you. But give me a minute. Uh, Kansas City linebacker Justin Houston unlikely to play this week. Evan Ingram. That'll help out. with your uh, bonanza pick. You know what? You freaking ruined the bonanza last week. You did. So don't do it again. Well, you. I mean, you've already picked it. It's obviously that you can't pick the Falcons two weeks in a I row. Did not. I can't pick the so Falcons. It can't two be weeks that game. So it's obviously going to be the Chiefs and Patriots. I can't pick them three it. weeks in a row. So we'll see. We'll see. Could be Baltimore, Tennessee. Uh, Evan Ingram's out. Olivier Vernon's out. Oh, no, Olivier Vernon will play. He's in. Darren Sproles is out. And Philadelphia defensive tackle Haloti Nada will miss his second straight game. Colts offensive lineman Matt Slauson. Jeez. Uh, he played nearly the entire second half of last week's game with two broken vertebrae in his spine. He said he could have been paralyzed. We are so thankful that that did not happen. He is yeah. out for the year. Uh, I wonder Slauson. if that's, that's going to be a wrap for Slauson. Could be. Who's been a really, really quality lineman. His entire career. Devontae Freeman has a foot injury. May not play this week. That would be great for Tevin Coleman against the Bucks. Ito Smith is 14% owned. He had 10, 5, and 10 touches in three games without Freeman. But, uh, you know, if you have Freeman and Corey Clement or Wendell Smallwood, you have to go with one of those guys tonight? It's the Eagles guys. Yep. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Tevin Coleman has not looked good and certainly has not put up the numbers we'd like to see over the last three weeks. I wonder if the judge ends up getting a little bit more work. Judge Ito. Yeah. That. Uh, That's his nickname. Is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Let me know when you want the LaShawn McCoy thing. All right. Dalvin Cook was limited in practice. Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup participated in a walkthrough. They're trending in the right direction. Lamar Miller says he is playing this week. Leonard Fournette could be held out until week 10, according to the Florida Football Insiders. Greg Zerline is probably another week away from returning, and Isaiah Crowell missed practice. I think we still expect him to play at this point. Dave, real quick, give me that McCoy stuff. So here's the Q&A with reporters yesterday. So the reporter asks, these rumors that you're in line to be traded to Philadelphia. LaShawn McCoy says, I heard about it. I just kind of stay focused on the job at hand. I'll let that stuff work itself out. We'll see what happens. And then he was asked, do you know whether or not a call was actually made? He goes, I'm not going to get into that. That's for my agent and the guys upstairs to work out. Third question, LaShawn, when something like that does happen, do you contact the organization or the coaches just to kind of get a feel of what's going on? He goes, yeah, I mean, sometimes. This particular one, I just left it alone. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah. He, Sounds he, like he, someone's he, calling for LaShawn McCoy. Well, I mean, Sean McDermott didn't even deny it. So these are not even rumors anymore. He addressed it before he was even asked about it. Yeah, so it, there's a good I chance. I think they're trading him. He gets traded, absolutely. And uh could be the Eagles. All right, hey, chew on this stat. Could be Tampa. Now, look, the Tennessee running backs have been among the biggest busts in fantasy. The five opponents that they have faced currently rank thusly, no, like, I don't know, currently rank like this um, in yards per carry allowed to running backs. 
First, sixth, seventh, thirteenth, and fourteenth. So they have had very tough competition. The two things about that Tennessee running backs. Yeah, go ahead. One, when you've only played four or five games, having Derrick Henry's twenty carries at two point five yards per pop certainly helps your season long yards per carry allowed. And two, they face the Ravens this week. Yes, they face another tough matchup this week. But Chargers after that in London. Not so good against on yards per carry basis. No. And then a bye. And then a bye. Um, all right, so I guess you guys don't really care. Uh, you should care about our other podcast, though. Pick 6 Podcast is awesome. Great game analysis, statistical analysis, DFS analysis. Heath makes an appearance on that show. Um, check out the Pick 6 Podcast. You will love it. Go to cbsports.com slash podcast for all of our shows, including a great wrestling slash MMA slash boxing podcast called In This Corner, 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Good stuff. CBSSports.com slash podcast. CBS All Access is how I watch my NFL on CBS games, my local game. I stream it on my computer every Sunday. That's no joke. Go to CBS.com slash NFL for a free trial. Go to Sportsline.com slash join. Use the promo code FANTASY to get a month of Sportsline for a dollar. And listen to Eye on Fantasy Football, our Saturday night radio show, 10 p.m. Eastern to midnight, on CBS Sports Radio, Sirius Channel 206, and CBSSportsRadio.com, Ion Fantasy Football. I want your real quick rest of season analysis. I'm going to give you a player's name, and you tell me what you expect from him rest of season. Is he an RB2? Is he a QB1 or whatever it is? Philip Lindsay, go ahead. I think he's just outside of being an RB2 rest of season. He's a flex that I'd like to have on my roster. The likelihood that Philip Lindsay just starts to basically be the number one, clear-cut number one running back in Denver? 30%. I was going to say 35%. Okay. Now I look like a fool because Heath said 30% first. <laughs> Nelson, <laughs> Nelson Aguilar. I've cut him in a couple of weeks. This, if, if he is bad again this week, I would consider doing the same. I don't th- – this is not the same Eagles offense. Carson Wentz has had some regression. But more importantly, the offensive line is not doing a good job blocking for him, and the receivers are not getting separation. Wentz is playing okay. His numbers are okay. They're just not amazing. So My- that's what the regression is. And Lane Johnson might not be healthy for this game tonight against the Giants. That will hurt him. Mike Williams. I want to like. I, I want him on my team still. I'm, I do recognize that he is a little touchdown dependent, maybe a lot touchdown dependent. But I, I still like the outlook for him, and I like that he's a part of this good San, good Los Angeles offense. He'll score five more touchdowns across three different games and maybe top 60 yards twice. Amari Cooper. There are some people who are cutting him, and they're calling it a sabotage drop. Like that's the name for it because they're sabotaging other people's teams. Uh, he makes me nervous this week. I think he's very... Very matchup dependent and quarterback dependent in order for his targets to be what you want them to be. Uh, okay. Is, is he a, would you drop Amari Cooper or is that premature? No, it depends on the league. If it's a small 10 team non PPR league and I'm solid at receiver and I want to pick up one of the Eagles running backs, he might be the worst player on my team. So I would cut him in that case. Your analysis on Corey Davis. I still believe he's going to be a top 25, top 30 wide receiver over the rest of the season, but it may not be great this week. It's not going to be good this week. It might not be good next week after that and after their bye week in week nine. It's the Cowboys, then the Patriots, then the Colts. There are some good matchups down the stretch that I think Davis could take advantage of. I would, I would continue to keep him on the bench. Chris Thompson. Love him in PPR. I think he's practically an every week start in PPR. And um, not quite as good in none. I'm terrified of him. He's hurt right now. Every time he gets a heavy workload, he seems to get hurt. Yeah, I if if he has a good game against the Packers, I would be trying to sell. Okay. Uh, he played the Packers last week. He had an okay game in PPR. No, um, Chris Thompson. He played the yeah. Saints. Yeah, he played the oh, Saints, and he doesn't play the Packers. He played, he played the played Packers the a couple weeks ago. He, he plays the, the Panthers. 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 So we we both loused that one up pretty badly. He was limited in practice. He. Yes. Okay. So at Ribs. least he's practicing. 
Okay, that's Chris Thompson. All right, we got one debate to get to, and then we get into the games. Let's talk about a couple of quarterbacks. We're going to debate Jameis Winston against the Falcons and Ben Roethlisberger at Cincinnati. We're going to talk about. I'm going to let uh, Dave and Heath have at it for a bit. Then we're going to let the Google Assistant aside uh, decide. So listen, you need some fantasy advice. You tweet us. You email us. You chase us down. You come to our homes. We can't always answer your questions. We'd love to, but we can't. The Google Assistant is a great tool to help you with your start or sit questions, your ad drop questions. I really do enjoy using it every week. It's very fun. Even just to you know, settle a bet with your friends or something like that. Ask the Google Assistant, whatever. Like I said last week, I always tell my wife to use the Google Assistant app on our phone um, because I don't want people to think that I'm running her team for her. So uh, you download the Google Assistant app and you say, hey, Google, talk to CBS Sports. Then you ask your question. We will do that in a moment. Let's let Heath and Dave debate. Heath, you can go first. Jameis Winston or Ben Roethlisberger this week? Like both of these guys this week, they're both top 10 quarterbacks, but I will go with Jameis Winston against a much worse defense. The Atlanta Falcons just don't have enough healthy bodies, and the bodies they do have are not their good players. Winston will throw the ball a bunch because Tampa Bay is the worst rushing team in the NFL, and this game has the second highest over-under on the slate, so there will be points scored. Start Jameis Winston with confidence. I think that Roethlisberger is just a little bit safer. It's Winston's first start. We don't know exactly how great it'll be. He looked okay against Chicago a couple weeks ago. And I know that he's been preparing. He's done a lot during his suspension uh, to come back and be ready to play. But Roethlisberger's got a good matchup himself. Before last week, Cincinnati allowed two passing touchdowns and 316 pass yards per game to every quarterback they face. That's the average. Uh, Roethlisberger, 21 or more fantasy points in three of his last four against Cincinnati. He had almost 300 yards with two touchdowns and a pick at Cincinnati last year. And this whole thing about Ben on the road being bad, He's had 300 or more yards and or multiple touchdowns in each of his last six on the road. So I think that that provides a nice floor for him, the way that he's throwing the football to everybody, including James Conner last week. I think that helps him get closer to a higher ceiling. I'm trusting Roethlisberger before Winston. Well, let's take a look at the Google Assistant, see what the Google Assistant has to say. So I got my phone out. Google Assistant app, which, like I said, does a lot more than just give you fantasy advice. All right, here we go. Hey, Google, talk to CBS Sports. Hi, this is CBS Sports, and we are using our fantasy football computer projections and expert rankings to answer your start, sit, or add, drop questions. Ask a question like, should I add Austin Eckler, or should I drop Philip Rivers? You can also ask us to choose between two players. Should I start Jameis Winston or Ben Roethlisberger? Jameis Winston is projected for more fantasy points than Ben Roethlisberger. What else would you like to know? Could this onesie be any less comfortable? And could I regret this decision anymore? Probably not. Uh, yeah, it's it's killing me, Dave. I, I Ouch! What happened? I what don't know. Jerk it's move. Twenty minutes ago, On you were really hurt. Well, now we know why the it Jags hurts. are still. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I never had any. Like he was not going to keep that. He's taking. Oh, back. absolutely. No, I am a hundred percent keeping that. Are you kidding me? Um. All right. So the Google Assistant says Jameis Winston over Ben Roethlisberger, and I hope you can see just how useful this could be. You can use the Google Assistant app or use Google Assistant on Android all season long by asking, "Hey Google." Talk to CBS Sports, and each week we'll tackle key fantasy questions so you can submit yours via fantasyfootball at cbsi.com or if you want your question read on HQ, live on HQ next week, tweet at CBS Fantasy, at CBS Fantasy for your Google Assistant uh, questions. Here we go with uh, 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 Indy at the Jets. Oh, just terrible. Sorry about that. Stat of the game. New York State is home to 58 species of wild orchids. Oh, nice. 58. I mean, I couldn't believe that number. I thought it would be in the 40s. Andy. Andy. <laughs> Ooh. Andy and the Jets. Nice. Andrew Luck. Big difference in the rankings here. Dave has Luck fourth. Heath has Luck 14th. How about that? 14th. How come? Listen. Okay. <laughs> I like Andrew Luck. And I have been a supporter of Luck since the summer. So I, I don't want to say anything negative about Andrew Luck. But the key to his success the last two weeks has been volume. Oh, no kidding. 121 I'm pass attempts. Saying that a two million games. times. I completely the, agree with you, Heath. Go ahead. Key to both of those games in the second quarter against the Patriots. 
they were down 21 to 3. Midway through the third against Houston, they were down three scores. I don't think this Jets team is the type of team that's going to build a three-score lead early against the Colts. And you look back at what happened to Luck. The two Remember before these last two games what people were saying about Andrew Luck? Oh, his shoulder's terrible. You can drop Andrew Luck. You can't trust Andrew Luck. Not a lot changed other than the fact that he threw a billion passes. And he did play better against Houston. I, I did think he looked really good last week. I don't think he was as bad in the first two games that everybody was so worried about. But when you're only throwing 31 passes against Washington because your team has a lead, right. or you're only throwing 40 against Philadelphia because they don't have a good offense. And guess and what? He doesn't have T.Y. Hilton or Jack Doyle. That's, exactly. not, a, that's not a small deal. Exactly. 14th is, is kind of low, I guess. Fourth is kind of high, I guess. So, Dave, um, Discuss your thoughts on Andrew Luck. Well, his completion percentage over the last two weeks has been at 64%. So with all the work he has been getting, he has connected very well with them. And his yards per attempt is up. And obviously his touchdowns are up. He has seven passing in the last two weeks. More importantly, they can't run the ball at all. They don't have a good running game. Now, Marlon Mack might play this week. That might, repeat, might change the way I feel about Andrew Luck a smidge because I think he can give them – a decent rushing presence for however long he's on the field. But this Jets secondary is horrible. And even though the Jets aren't going to put up a ton of points and put the the Colts in a hole in this game, I think there's going to be no choice but for Andrew Luck to continue throwing passes. And he's not going to throw 50 times in this game. He might only throw 35, 40 times in this game. I still think that's enough for him to get you close to 300 yards and at least two touchdowns, maybe three. He's got upside. And just... What if on the off chance that the Jets' offense does put up numbers? They did it last week against Denver. This is an easier opponent for them to do it. Now all of a sudden, Luck might have to throw even more than what I'm talking about. So let's, I'm not even baking that into this Let's equation. go back to the 35 to 40 pass attempts. Because do it. you talked about how his and he's completing yards 60, per attempt has gone up. Yes. So it was 6.1 last week. He's 6.1 for the season. Let's assume he's 6.1 in this game. He was 7.5 against Houston two yes, weeks ago. That was the only game he's had above seven. But that could, let's just, let's and he had T.Y. Hilton for that his, game. Yes. So let's call it 6.6.1. 6.1. Okay. Times 35. It's going to be about 250. It's about 200. Well, I was doing it times 40. Times 40 would, would get you about 240. Mm-hmm. But I don't, he's got to throw it 50 times to have 300 yards. On yeah. that yards per attempt average? Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, look at the last two games, right? Good and bad. If he had thrown 45 passes against Houston, he would have scored 31 fantasy points. That's great. In six point per passing touchdown leagues. If he had thrown 45 passes at New England, he would have scored 21 fantasy points. So, um. And I I, think he scores 20 fantasy points, to be clear. I just, I think more than 12 quarterbacks score 20 fantasy points. Alright, alright. So, uh, so there's your luck debate. And I guess that shapes how you feel about the Colts wide receivers as well. Which, well, yes, because yeah. these guys are averaging like nine yards per reception. I just like so, Chester Rogers as eight catches in two straight games. Right. When when, when Andrew Luck, Luck throws throwing, sixty yeah. passes, Chester Rogers gets ten targets, eleven targets, and then he catches eight passes for sixty yards. Right. But if you cut that number by two thirds, like we are for Luck's pass attempts, then he's getting eight targets, catching five or six of them for forty five yards, and you're just hoping he scores a touchdown. Um. Okay. So you're not starting any of the Colts wide receivers. You're saying. I'm starting Eric Ebron. Yeah. And he's their number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's a top seven tight end for everybody. Fourth for Jamie, fifth or sixth for Dave, sixth or seventh for Heath, depending on the format. And I don't, like, I don't necessarily disagree with what you guys were saying earlier that if you were desperate at wide receiver, these guys are really low owned and they would be a decent fill in. I just don't like them as like, they're a top 30, 35 receiver. You've got to start them. No, no. Um, Dave, you have, Rodgers ranked the highest, I assume? Yes. And you have him 30th. And in PPR, you have him... Like right on the border of a number two receiver. 23rd. Yep. Okay. Um, Would you start any Colts running back? I don't know if I'm excited to start Marlon Mack. Certainly as a bye week replacement, I would. If Mack is out, I will start Hines in PPR. And if Mack's in? No. I would back away from Hines, too. But those guys are going to catch passes from Andrew Luck as well. Like um, that, That's part of the secret to Luck's numbers. 
is what he gets from those running backs through the air. All right. Uh, would you start Hines over either Jets running back this week? Let's go to the Jets. As of now, I would in PPR. Over who? Both of them. Really? I'd start Hines over both of them. <laughs> okay. Um, I would take I would take Crowell over Hines and non, but they're all in the flex group for me. In non PPR, I would start both Jets over Hines. In PPR, I would start Hines over both of them. Is there a Jet that you're excited about starting this week? No. Um, I'm in non PPR. I'm pretty good. With, I'm, I'm pretty excited about starting Isaiah Crowell. Where do you have him ranked? Twenty. Interesting. I mean, that was a guess. I'm I'm looking now. It's it's nineteen. That's a pretty good guess. Wow. Nice. That you are excited Huge. about him. I currently have him twenty six. He'll probably end up moving up at least one spot when Devontae Freeman gets ruled out. Yeah, and, and Crowell is He might score. It's it's Darius Leonard could be back for Indianapolis, so it's not as groovy of a matchup or a situation as it was last week for him. Crowell is twenty seventh for Heath in PPR, so he's a sit in PPR, he's a start in not PBR, um, at least for Heath. Quincy and Nunua, Robbie Anderson, any interest? Anderson, I think, is a great boomer bust third receiver or flex, regardless of format. Indianapolis' secondary is shredded right now. And uh the only spot where they're going to get a good player back is going to be in the slot. I Their tr- slot corner will be back there. Outside corners, lots of issues. And I think Robbie could take advantage. I tried to hold on to Quincy Anunwa in a couple of PPR leagues. I had to drop him in a couple as well because I had him in a bunch. Um, I want to see where he lines up in this game. Because what happened to him last week, and I don't know if this is because Chris Harris plays in the slot and they were trying to get him away from there or what was going on, but he had been a guy that was running at least half of his of his routes from the slot. And last week it fell to 22%. He's not going to be good if he's running 22% of his routes from the slot. He's not beating people outside. Okay, um, let's wrap this game up. So, yeah, I think we're done. I think we wrapped it up. He went from 14 outside snaps in week two to 36 outside snaps in week five. I think they're just using him out there because Jermaine curses. Maybe they, they want to get him going in the slot a little bit more. All right, let's go to our next game. Sunday night football, Kansas city at new England stat of the game. Kansas city allows 91 receiving yards per game to running backs. 91. That's the most in the NFL last year. Tennessee allowed the most receiving yards to opposing running backs at 60 yards per game. So they're pathetic. Uh, but, that a lot of that was week one with Gordon and Eckler. They're still bad in that regard, but not 90 per game. Anyway, James White is an obvious start. So I think that to save time uh, and to save you from analysis that you don't really need, Mahomes and Brady are both top five. Brady is number one. Well, actually, Heath, do you have Brady? Yeah, you have fourth. Brady's one for Dave and Jamie and fourth for Heath. Um, everybody has Brady ranked ahead of Mahomes, but it's close. Uh, obviously we're starting to Kareem Hunt. Michelle and James White are must starts. Yes. Yes. Is James White a must start in non PPR? Sure. Number two running back. There are some running back. Like I wouldn't call him a must start because there are 12 running backs. I have ranked higher than him. I'd rather start Yeldon Connor, even Chris Carson and Sony Michelle, but you're probably starting James White in both formats. Would you start James White or Jordan Howard in non PPR? White. White. His, here's, here's his fantasy point totals this season. 10, 8, 10, 22, 13. In non-PPR. Non-PPR. Yeah, and obviously much, much higher in PPR. Um, which tight end do you like better, just out of curiosity? Kelsey. Kelsey, I'm a little, I'm not worried about Gronk, but it's a little mystifying trying to figure out where Brady's targets are going in this game. Um, if we look at the Chiefs passing game, I know we're starting Mahomes, uh, but just saying, the Patriots right now, they allow the third fewest yards per attempt in the NFL. They've also been very good at home, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, Mahomes, Mahomes is awesome. Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, however. How good or bad or in between do you feel about Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins? The Patriots have not allowed a 70-yard wide receiver in any of their last three games. That would be at Detroit, Miami, and the Colts. However, they did allow a touchdown to two Detroit wide receivers. But um, pass defense has been okay lately. So what do you think about Hill and Watkins? I agree that their pass defense is getting better. I still think they have a liability at slot corner. 
and I don't know if they've got a corner that can match up speed-wise with Tyreek Hill. Did you hear what Belichick was doing uh, in preparation for this game? No, what was that? Uh, he was having, in the scrimmages, to prepare his defense for this, the opposing team's, the offense was starting with their receivers three yards downfield. Hmm. That's interesting. Because really? they didn't have any re- receivers that could simulate their speed. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that even got out. Yeah. Like that's, that's surprise. Like, did Belichick say that? I, that I, sounds I, like something that like, I think that is something shouldn't he have said. been said. Uh, well, that's very interesting. Um, are they, st- look, I mean, I, I can't sit here and, I can't sit here and say is is Tyreek Hill a start because he hasn't been that good the last three games. Start Tyreek Hill. You're probably starting Sammy Watkins too. You don't have to start Sammy. Would but Dave? Would you start Chester Rogers over Sammy Watkins? I think I would in PPR for sure. All right, say Watkins not so bad in PPR himself. He had six catches for 78 yards against Jacksonville last week. Um, Kelsey, yes. Uh, Gronk, yes. Brady, yes. Michelle, yes. White, yes. So how about the Patriots wide receivers? Edelman and Gordon. Gordon has had four targets last week, two targets the week before. He did catch a long touchdown last week. Edelman had seven catches for 57 yards on nine targets in week five. And um, Kansas City, they were really bad against uh, Pittsburgh and the Chargers wide receivers in the first two games. Since then, the Chiefs have not allowed double-digit fantasy points to a wide receiver in non-PPR in three straight games. No more than 76 yards to a wide receiver in those three games. No wide receiver touchdowns against the Chiefs in their last three games. So how do we feel about Edelman and Gordon? I'm still starting Edelman in PPR with confidence. I think the matchup is actually best for him. And uh Gordon is, is one of those, you're, you're going to take a, a shot with shot player type guy. Where, like Robbie Anderson, boomer bust. Yeah, I, I view Edelman and Gordon pretty close in non-PPR. They're both just outside of my top 30. Um, in PPR, Edelman moves up to the top 24 just barely, and Gordon actually falls a little because the targets haven't been there for him. I don't know about whether Edelman has the best matchup in this Kansas City defense. In theory, they have like three slot corners, and two of them are trying to play outside, so the slot should be the toughest place against the Chiefs defense. That hasn't always been true this year, though. Edelman or Wendell Smallwood? Smallwood in both. Smallwood. Edelman or Clement? I'll take Edelman in PPR. Um, that's close. That's really close. I'll take, I'll take Edelman in PPR. Josh Gordon or Sterling Shepard? Shepard. Shepard. All right. Uh, we got some FanDuel contests to tell you about. It's back to a $5 contest. Love this contest. Competing against our listeners, about 1,200 slots available. Get in there right now at FanDuel.com slash FFT. You've got time. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Set a lineup. Um, enjoy it. You're not going to be able to play this New England-Kansas City game because this is just the Sunday main slate. It does not include Thursday night, Sunday night, or Monday night. But there are plenty of great players. You don't own Todd Gurley in any seasonal leagues? What a bummer. Let's get him in our FanDuel lineup. You know, you can you can have probably three or four total studs in your lineup if you get some bargains, which will help you out with. It's so fun. You get these all-star teams and get to compete against other fantasy football today listeners, and you get to win some money. So it's just five bucks to enter at fanduel.com slash FFT. Also at fanduel.com slash FFT. If you're a new user, sign up, make your first deposit, and hey, you want to basically get into this contest for free, you make your first deposit, you get a $5 bonus. That's all the contest costs, 5 bucks. Beautiful. There are plenty of types of contests for you. There are big ones against, you know, more than a 1,000 people. There are small ones you can compete one-on-one against your friends if you want. Uh, you can play for a lot of money, a little money. Everything that you uh, want would be on FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. And sign up now. Get a $5 bonus on your first deposit. The Bears are at the Dolphins. Stat of the game. I don't know if this matters, but let's see. The Dolphins have allowed 59 or more receiving yards to a running back three times in five games. And three receiving touchdowns to running backs. Oh, those Dolphins, they cannot defend pass-catching running backs. Will that matter for Tariq Cohen this week, Dave Richard? I think it does. I think this is exactly where – hold on. I have to cough. Okay. Oh, nice. That's better. Good cough. Did you hear it? I did cough. I hear it, yeah, but yep. Yep. not so loud. 
Maybe because it was Heath's mic, or yeah, maybe it was probably my, Heath's mic. Does Heath's my button not work, or what? Hit the button and talk right into the mic. Let's see. Here's what I think of you, Adam. And that's what I think of you. <laughs> I think I heard you say that you think I'm a real nice guy, which makes me happy. Um, okay. Let's speed it up here. Chicago yeah, at Miami. Yeah, the running backs should have a uh, – they, they should be the focus of the offense for Chicago. If we're going to trust Matt Nagy to attack the weakness of his opponent, that's where the weakness is for Miami. It's in their run defense and how they do against running backs in general. All right, which running back do you like better for the Bears this week? I've got Howard ranked higher. Uh, it's very close in PPR. How much do you guys trust Jordan Howard? I'm going to start him. So, yeah. enough. What's trust got to do with it? <laughs> um, are you I do st- have Cohen one spot higher in uh, in full PPR. If Freeman's out, would you start Tevin Coleman or Howard? I'd start any Bears running back over any Falcons running back. I would start Howard. I'd start Coleman over Tariq Cohen in non-PPR. I don't know, Dave. I'd have to disagree. I know that he hasn't been running the ball that well, but he's still put giving you production, Coleman, when Freeman's out. He gets a ton of work. What's What's the production? What's it been? Ten fantasy points. Actually, that's been the max, and that was three weeks ago. And then he what? has nine fantasy points combined in his last two games. Now well, one of them Freeman was played last Freeman. week. Well, Freeman played, and then he got hurt, and then Edo Smith sniped the touchdown. He's All not right. playing well. He's, he's not, really, but neither is Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard's averaging what three point two yards per carry or something. That's true, 3. but 2. I do like his matchup better, and I think he'll get more work. All right. Um, would you start? Uh, Jordan Howard or Julian Edelman, PPR? Howard. I might go Edelman. Okay. Tariq Cohen or Edelman? Cohen. Why is Edelman ahead of both. Why is Allen Robinson so low in the rankings? Heath's actually the highest. He has him 26 in PPR outside the top 30 in non-PPR. Allen Robinson. I think, I think he's only given you double-digit PPR fantasy points once this year. Yeah. And I think this is a tough matchup for him. I, I still... I, I I was sold on the Dolphins' pass defense early on this season. I wasn't quite there in the preseason. And I know they're missing one of their top corners on the outside, but they still have Xavier Howard, who is a little um, hot and cold. But at slot, they've got Mika Fitzpatrick. So if, if they go in the slot, then I think Robinson's going to have a tough time with him. I think Robinson's just not going to get the type of volume that you'll want. He's got one game this season with more than four catches, and he's facing Xavier Howard. And... Everyone else in this offense has a good matchup in the passing game. I just don't think they force it to him. Not some whoever's in the slot. Do not overlook Mika Fitzpatrick. He's been very good. He's allowed fewer numbers than Howard. Howard's allowed some touchdowns. That's according to our friends at Sports Info Solutions. What about Trey Burton? I'm not sure Trey Burton has a good matchup because Delaney Walker had 52 yards on seven targets. He then left with an injury. Jared Cook had five catches for 31 yards against the Dolphins. And Rob Gronkowski had four catches for 44 yards. I gotta give the Dolphins credit. They've done well against good tight ends. They're one of the few teams that's faced multiple good tight ends, I'd say. Yeah, Burton is not by any stretch of the imagination a must start. I don't know how he could be with the limited targets that he's gotten. He is, for me, kind of the last guy in that, okay, am I going to start Niles Paul? <laughs> yeah, you go you know, over it. Like, I don't want to start Niles Paul, but he did get nine targets last week. He's not a bad streamer, but I'm not going to start him over Trey Burton. But I'd start Cameron Braid over him. I'd start Jared Cook, Eric Ebron, Jordan Reed, all those guys over him. Okay. Uh, the quarterbacks were sitting, right? Trubisky and yes. Danahill. Yeah, yeah. Any Dolphins? Are you starting any Dolphins in this game? Drake's a flex, and so is Kenny Stills. He, Drake looked so good last week. You'd love to see him get more work. I think the coaches are starting to be open to the idea of using him as a pass-catching running back, and he he got a lot of garbage-time numbers last week. A lot of catches came in garbage time. He had a 25-yard run to end the game. It was kind of pathetic to watch, but he got you two-and-a-half fantasy points doing it. Um, and at the same time, he also had a play where he pancaked a defender, caught a ball, juked two defenders, broke a tackle, and that wasn't even the, the play that he caught a touchdown on. So he's got talent. It's just a matter of the Dolphins – leaning on him and trusting him, which clearly they have issues with. America's got talent, Dave. They say. America. Uh Kenyon Drake or Kenny Stills, who's a better flex? I'll take Drake. Yeah, I think I will too. Alright, Kenyon Drake or Taylor Gabriel, who's a better flex? Gabriel's interesting in PPR because of the volume that he gets. I believe he actually leads the Bears 
in receptions. I'll take Drake and non Gabriel and PPR. Who's a better flyer this week, Taylor Gabriel or one of those Colts wide receivers? I'll take Rodgers over Gabriel. I'll take Gabriel over all of the Colts. Gabriel gets a lot of his targets in short yardage, and the Bears try and have him make a play after the catch. Um, 29 targets, that's second on the Bears to Robinson. 22 catches, that's first on the Bears ahead of Robinson. 193 yards, that's just behind Robinson. Two touchdowns, that leads Bears wide receivers. Okay, let's go to our next game. It is Cincinnati hosting Pittsburgh. Stat of the game. A.J. Green in his last three home games against Pittsburgh. 224 yards and a touchdown. 132 yards and a touchdown. 77 yards and two touchdowns. He missed the 2016 game, but boy, he has been a monster in this matchup at home against Pittsburgh. So uh, maybe a DFS play for you there. Uh, which quarterback do you like better? Dalton. Roethlisberger. They're both start, both worthy of being started. Um, and uh, we can start them ahead of Jared Goff, I assume. Yes, correct. All right, and both the quarterbacks tonight. James, I, Con- you know, I might take Goff over Dalton. All right, James Conner is top nine in both formats. Bengals allow 4.7 yards per carry. Start both Pittsburgh wide receivers. Kind of interesting that Dave and Jamie have Antonio Brown number one overall. Heath has him about tenth. Uh, any reason for that, Heath? He like he had a very good game with a couple of touchdowns last week, but on a per target and per catch basis, he and Ben have not been on the same page still this year. There are two receivers in the NFL with at least 40 targets that have caught less than 60% of them and averaged less than 11 yards per reception. One of them's Antonio Brown, the other one's Michael Crabtree. Wow. I love the how they connected in the second half last week. Cuz in the first half you're right, Heath, they were they were way off. And mm-hmm. Cincinnati's done a good job against Antonio Brown in the past. Um his yes oh he has one touchdown in his career at Cincinnati and it came last year but that's pretty crazy one touchdown at Cincinnati in his career uh starter sit Vance McDonald I'm trying to get away from him yeah I'm, there's plenty of other low owned tight ends I'd rather start McDonald or Burton Burton I have Burton and the other tight end in this game over McDonald Jesse P- J- oh CJ Uzama Pittsburgh, oh wow, really? Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh is terrible against everything but running backs. Second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Third most to wide receivers. Second most to tight ends. There are going to be a lot of starts here for the Bengals. Um, Dalton's a start. Joe Mixon, does it worry you at all that his matchup is, is tough? The Steelers do have a good run defense. 3.4 yards per carry. I'll tell you what, for a guy that's coming off of arthroscopic knee surgery, he looked really good. Again, in the second half against the Dolphins. Uh, making an impact catching the football. I think that helps his profile. I'm going to enjoy using Joe Mixon while Giovanni Bernard is on the shelf. Okay. Must start guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Mixon or uh, Sonny Michelle? I believe I have Mixon ranked higher. I definitely have Mixon higher in PPR. And I have him higher in non-PPR as well. All right. AJ Green's top eight. Are we getting back to Tyler Boyd this week? 94% nope. owned. Right back to him. He's a top 24 wide receiver for me. I don't know how high Heath has him. I don't love his specific matchup against Mike Hilton. That's a slot corner for Pittsburgh. But I, I like the volume, and certainly he can get away from Hilton uh, depending on how the Steelers scheme him up. Tyler Boyd or Sammy Watkins? Boyd. Boyd. Tyler Boyd or Jordan Howard? Definitely Boyd in PPR. In non-PPR, I'll go Howard. Okie dokie. And uh, that's it. Buffalo is at Houston. Stat of the game. In their last three weeks, Buffalo has held Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, and Marcus Mariota to 16 or fewer fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Cousins had 11, Rodgers had 16, Mariota had four. Does that mean anything to you as you rank Deshaun Watson? No. Not particularly. Like, I I don't—I'd rather start Jameis than Watson, but other than that, I'm starting Watson. Would you start Dalton or Watson? Watson's one spot higher than Dalton for me. Uh, Watson's several spots higher than Dalton for me. And that's in six-point per passing touchdown leagues. So four-point per passing touchdown leagues, it's very easy, I assume, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watson has four straight games with 23 or more fantasy points in six-point leagues. Uh, four straight games with 310 or more passing yards. Three straight games with 375 or more passing yards and 36 or more rushing yards in all five games. Okay, that's great. Um Houston running backs. Are you starting either 
Well, how about this? Rank rank the three running backs in this game in Buffalo Houston. Well, that's a tough question. It's they're all outside of my top twenty four. It's McCoy, then Blue, I guess. Miller says he's gonna play. Yeah, I'm going McCoy, Blue, Miller. That's I, I I'm gonna go McCoy and then I'm not gonna make a choice. To me there's only one guy to rank and that's McCoy. So do you just think that Lamar Miller, if he plays, is is not going to get his full workload. No, I do not think he will. Splitsville. And which which uh, sorry which Texans running back do you rank higher? Blue. I I guess as of now, Blue is ranked higher. Okay. I'm not going to feel good about starting either one. You start Tyler Boyd over Lashawn McCoy. Yes. Sure. Which, how many uh, how many wide receivers for the Texans would you start over McCoy? Other than okay, obviously Hopkins. Anyone else? Fuller and PPR QT for sure. Yeah, I, I might do it in non PPR. Hopkins too. is the only one I would start over McCoy. I'm I'm a little worried about Will Fuller, and he's awesome and has huge upside. And I'm not saying you should bench him. He's not in my top 24 wide receivers, so I kind of am saying you should bench him. But the it there's no time for Deshaun Watson at all. And Fuller doesn't run generally the types of routes, especially with QT there, that a quarterback looks for when there's no time. But when there is time, right, and Fuller's deep. But I don't I don't like this Buffalo defense I, is not bad. I think he's a little bit more than just a deep ball threat now. But I agree. But to your point, Heath, like I and every single week I'm gonna have to choose two out of three between Tyler Boyd, Julian Edelman, and Will Fuller in PPR. And it's just sort of an excuse right now to sit Fuller. You know, it it makes it my decision easier. He's been he, under 50 yards each of his last two games with eight total targets. He's playing hurt. QT's taking on more work. So it's an easy call for me to get away from Fuller, even though I do think he could have a good game. But if you have good options, it just, yeah, I, to me it's an easy call. Um, QT is 64% owned. It's probably too low. Uh, start or sit? I like him better in PPR. I think he's a... Sneaky flex, maybe even maybe even close to the border of a number two wide receiver in PPR. Yeah, he's not in my top 35, but I do think he has upside, and I do like him more in PPR. And Buffalo, in their last three games, they faced, uh, I guess, four games. Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Corey Davis. None of them have scored. None of them have more than eight fantasy points in non-PPR. They've done a, a good job. Buffalo's defense has gotten better. Um, it's been an interesting game, I think. Chargers at Cleveland, another interesting game, stat of the game. Philip Rivers has three carries inside the five-yard line. That is as many as Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon combined. That's very strange. Melvin Gordon has one carry inside the five-yard line. There could be even more production coming for for Melvin Gordon. Um, there could be less production coming for Philip Rivers, who has 7.5% touchdown rate, which is by far a career high. His career rate is 5.3%. I am so proud right now. Right? I knew you would. Be. I am so proud of I you. Right you <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments in the podcast. Yeah, I'm scared of Rivers this week. I've got, I mean, he's number 11 for me, so he's ranked as a starter. But this Cleveland defense has been one of the best in the NFL at turning quarterbacks over. And we've seen plenty of West Coast teams playing in these games that start at 10 a.m. their time. And they generally get off to slow starts. I think this is a low-scoring, ugly-type game. All right. I don't know if that Browns defense is they've, – they've turned the ball over a lot, but they're getting a little thin in the secondary. I, I could see Rivers getting off to a slow start. I could see him finishing fast, though. All right, yeah, Dave has Rivers 6th. Jamie and Heath have Rivers 11th. So you have to check the rankings, you know, if you're comparing him to Dalton or Winston. Uh, Heath definitely has those two ahead of Rivers. Dave, is, do you have Winston or Rivers? I have Rivers out of Winston. Alrighty. Um, Austin Eckler, the new Alvin Kamara. He's averaging six yards per carry and 14.8 yards per catch. He has three receiving touchdowns on 14 catches this year. Um, starters at Austin Eckler. He has more fantasy points per game than touches per game. Oh, wow. That's funny. That is. Um, I, I, I'm fine using him as a number two running back or a flex. I think he can keep this up. I think these, I, I think he has 17 plays of 10 plus yards already this season. Just really, they're, they're being real judicious about how often they use him, but when they do use him, he's effective. I, I will say that I do not think that he can keep this up. Sure. I, I don't, I don't, um, want to start Austin Eckler in this game. 
He is a low-end flex for me. I understand if you can't get away from him, but he's getting seven carries and three targets per game. Like Their increased passing to the running back has mostly been increased passing to Melvin Gordon. He caught one pass last yeah, week. Yeah, right. Yeah. Last week, just one grab. How about grab, how about Alshon Jeffrey or Austin Eckler? I'd start Jeffrey. I believe I have Eckler ranked ahead of Jeffrey. All right. Um, are we starting any any Chargers wide receivers other than Keenan Allen? I am not. Okay. Are we starting a tight end in this game? Njoku and PPR. I am not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Njoku's gotten a lot of work with Bayfield He's getting the last better, two yes. games. Seven targets against Oakland, ten targets against Baltimore, and 11 catches for like 110 yards or so, uh, 121 yards in those two games. Yep. Come Just on. need those touchdowns. Yeah. I, I don't love his matchup this week. Derwin James one-on-one with him probably for most of the game. That'll be That'll be tough. He won't get open very often. Yeah, oh, actually, good point, because here's what good tight ends have done against the Chargers. Travis Kelsey had one catch for six yards. Jared Cook had four catches for 20 yards, four catches for 20 yards. George Kittle had six for 125 and a touchdown. He did have a somewhat fluky 82-yard touchdown catch. So we'll see. Maybe the Chargers are going to be a team that's very good against tight ends. What do we think about the Browns in this game? Are we starting Baker Mayfield, Carlos Hyde, et cetera? I think Hyde's one of those running backs that you just kind of have to go with. Based yeah. on his volume, um, number two running back for me, and I think this could be a Jarvis week. I think this could be a, a pretty good game for Jarvis. I think he can get you some good numbers. I like him as a number two receiver, even in non PPR. Yeah, he's a number two receiver. Um, Hyde is. I agree with everything Dave said. You have to start him. I don't. I, I know there's some excitement about Baker Mayfield. I'm not feeling it this week. I think it may come after this week. Uh, right, schedule gets really good for them. Jarvis Landry, by the way, is on pace for 93 catches. And we talked about Taylor Gabriel. We talked about the Colts wide receivers. What about uh, Antonio Callaway with Higgins out? Um, do you think Callaway is a good Hail Mary type play this week? He, he's only a Hail Mary type play. <laughs> they they yeah. are getting less and less enchanted with him. Derek Willies had the same number of targets as Antonio Callaway last week. When Higgins went down, and I have no idea who Derek Willies is. I'm I'm just now learning about him. Here's here's the cliff notes. He's six foot four, so nice big outside receiver with a horrible pedigree coming out of college. Los Angeles Rams are at Denver, and stat of the game: Demarius Thomas has gone three straight games with five to seven targets after having 21 targets combined in his first two games. They have really seemed to transition away from Thomas and to Emmanuel Sanders, even though Thomas did have 100 yards and a touchdown last week. Do you rank Sanders ahead of Demarius? Yes, but they're much closer this week than they were before. Yes, I do. Do you start any, do you start them? Yeah. I'm starting Sanders. I am not starting Demarius. Which what are you worried about with Demarius? He's had five targets. Five to seven targets, three five straight to seven games. Targets, three, yeah. three straight games. It's yeah. not enough. Yeah, the the touchdown last week was definitely flukish. And uh Cortland Sutton actually started to get in on the act before sure. he did last week. I think Cortland Sutton is the best receiver on the Broncos. He won't he's not in fantasy because he's not getting the targets, but he's gonna be good. I that's think, a guy I think, I think he will be good. Yeah, that's a that's a beat the waiver wire kind of guy. Like yeah, I guess you have to have pretty deep rosters, but I could see a scenario where he has a good second half. Um, and then, uh, Cortland Sutton. Uh, Sanders or Josh Gordon? Oh, Sanders, pretty easily. Yes. Demarius. Demarius or Josh Gordon. Gordon? I would rather start Josh Gordon than Demarius. Not me. I'll take Demarius. Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman? Lindsay. Lindsay. Philip Lindsay or Carlos Hyde? I think I have Hyde ranked higher. Almost positive. Yeah, definitely Hyde. Alright, what about Freeman? Um, how about Freeman or Emmanuel Sanders? Freeman's not a start for me. Nope. Like, they can talk about giving him more touches all they want. Until they do, I'm not starting him. Okay. Can you believe an NFL coach lied to the, to the public? It's really weird. The Rams, by the way, are allowing 4.9 yards per carry to running backs, but they have been great against running backs in the passing game. As we take a look at the Rams, should we just wait and say, well, I mean, we know the weather's gonna be, gonna be really cold, uh, in this game. So, give me your overall take on everybody but Gurley, just the passing game. I love Robert Woods if he's the only receiver among their starters who's healthy for the game. We aren't ranking it this way. My 
best guess is that all of the Rams wide receivers are playing. Are and all so, of them starting for you? I can't imagine I'm actually going to bench any of them. Exactly. Okay. Rams DSD So, I mean, I, know, I understand 10. what you're saying about the weather and golf, and I just can't imagine I'm benching any of them. Okay. Rams DSD is top 10. Two bad weeks in a row, but uh, Denver's allowed 11 sacks in the last three games. And Baltimore's at Tennessee, our final game here, stat of the game. The Titans have not allowed a touchdown to a running back this year, and they've allowed just one carry of 20-plus yards. I don't think they're that good against running backs, though. They are giving up, like, 4.4 yards per carry to running backs. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, but no touchdowns, passing, or receiving, or rushing. Anyway, general question about Baltimore at Tennessee. Is there one good start in this game? I like John Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Love his volume. Last week, he just couldn't come through. Um, Flacco didn't have a great game. I think Flacco has a chance to rebound a little bit, and I think John Brown could be that guy. That helps him. Yeah. Okay. I, there's not one start that I feel good about in this game, but I think you're probably starting John Brown. And there's a decent chance that you don't have a better option than Alex Collins at running back. And Corey Davis, I mean, Jarvis Landry, A.J. Green, Antonio Brown, and Juju Smith-Schuster all failed to reach 70 yards against Baltimore. That said, Green had three touchdowns, Brown had one, Tyler Boyd had a big game, but a lot of that was without Jimmy Smith. Uh, so it's, it's a tough, it's a low scoring game. I don't think there's a lot of difference between Corey Davis and John Brown. Um, well, Brown's been better. But I, I like Corey Davis. You mean this week or overall? This week. Okay. Uh, Tennessee has ha- has allowed 100 yard games too. Kenny Stills, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Alshon Jeffrey. So it would appear that they're a better matchup. You know. Mm-hmm. For what it's worth. Hey guys, thanks. I gotta take this friggin' onesie off. It went from being the best gift you ever got to a friggin' onesie. I do like it very much, Dave, but I'm hot and uncomfortable, and there's just a lot of... Eh, forget it. Forget it. Uh, we're out of here. No. No sweat. Back sweat? No. No back sweat. That lower back sweat area? I don't do back sweat. I don't, I don't sweat from my back. I don't do it. You're such a liar. It's really hard to sweat when you don't do anything physical. Like, he's gonna roll his chair over into the living room now to watch some prices, right? And then roll it over to the oven to pick up the uh, whatever's cooking for lunch. Can't dispute that. All right, we are out of here. I got nothing to cook for lunch, so I'll actually be going out for lunch today and bringing something back in, just so you all know. Uh, and we have a fantasy baseball podcast later today, so get excited for that. For Dave Richard, for Heath Cummings, I'm Adam Azer. Have a great Thursday. Go Giants. Na-na-na-na. Nah, 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 nah. nah.